This is a personal podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast owner and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity, unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You are listening to Candid Conversations Podcast. This is episode, is it four? Yes. Oh my goodness. This is episode four. Today we're talking about mental health. Um, Is it physical or is it a spiritual issue? So we're going to get ready to get started. Hi everybody. I'm your host, Lee Franklin. I'm accompanied by our co-host tonight, Ms. Warrior Cricket Carr. And in the absence of Miss Shalandria Taylor, she had to take a day off. Baby boy has a game and we're rooting for him. We hope he has a good night tonight. So mom had to take a day off to be on the field. And Daisha Edwards, our other co-host, she's attempting to get on. We do have a special guest tonight we're still waiting for, um, which is Miss Tracy Batten. Now, welcome to our show. If this is your first time listening, then thank you. Candid Conversations podcast is produced um, every other Tuesday night. At 7 p.m. for your enjoyment. Tonight we're on Thursday because we had a schedule conflict. So forgive us for being off schedule. We'll jump right back on and let you guys, we'll update you to our new platform as well as our new um, schedule that'll be coming shortly. Um, So come back as often and feel free to add us to your podcast favorites. So you can follow the show on Facebook at Candid Conversations um, Group. So we're just waiting on the other host to show up tonight. How are you tonight, Cricket? I'm doing good, Lee. What about yourself? I'm doing really good. I'm kind of excited about this topic tonight um, because it's something last month was Mental Health Awareness Month. And so in light of that, um, I kind of wanted to jump on this topic. But I'm really, really looking forward to the conversation, especially concerning Black people in the Black church. Oh, I think this is going to be good. Me too. Definitely. Me too. Let's see here. We'll give it a couple more moments to give them an opportunity to jump on. Cool. So while we wait, um, do you think that mental health is a physical or a spiritual situation? You know, honestly, Lee, I just, I think it's kind of a little bit of both. I'm there. I, you know, and I was when you said that this was going to be our topic, like I really, really was thinking like very hard on it because I'm like, you know, I, I've always felt like um, mental health is real, you know, and I always Absolutely. felt like, you know, it, it, uh, a lot the church kind of um, takes it for granted or they don't really um, understand the seriousness of it. Right. I agree. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I definitely think it's a little bit of both, but I just don't really have a solid, solid stance on it. I got you. I understand. I'm kind of the same way, kind of on the fence with it. Um, but I did not see she just walked in the room. Tonight, we do have an expert on it. We're going to welcome Miss Tracy Baker Batten to the room, who is a clinical director for a unnamed mental health facility or mental health organization. Um, so Tracy, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you all? We're doing well. Good. We're so glad Welcome. to have you. We're Good. glad to have you tonight. We're looking forward to the conversation with you. Yes. 
Okay, excited. so we're, you're excited? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're glad to hear that. Definitely. Now tell me this. Um, what made you go into the mental health arena? Tell me what drew you into that path. Um, definitely, I saw a need. Um, I saw a need. I saw that this is a, an area that um, for my culture and identif- I identify with the African-American culture. I think that it is a, a need. It's a huge need. It's an area that it's not discussed a lot. And then we don't have a lot of uh, black counselors. We don't have a lot of black mental health professionals but if you look at the statistics of those that are suffering with mental illness, you will find that the percentage of people is very, very high, um, even for those that are undiagnosed. You know, undiagnosed mental illness um, definitely prevails in the, in the African-American community. So I feel that who better to deal with our issues than somebody that can really understand from the African-American perspective? Okay, I completely agree, and thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, so this is definitely a passion for you, then. It goes beyond just being, you know, licensed or degree. This is something that, this is a heart matter for you, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We could tell that by your response. And I have another question for you, and this is based off of what you just said. So why do you think that the uh, African-American culture is the most or has the highest rate for the undiagnosed mental health? What are some of those reasons? Well, the the biggest reason is trauma. When you look at trauma, African-Americans, along with indigenous people, Native Americans, and that's what what I'm speaking, are probably the two biggest populations of individuals that have experienced um, trauma. And I'm not saying that this is inclusive, you know, that we're, we're the only, but when you're talking about trauma when we're talking about taboos um things that are just left undone or untouched these the two populations the back black population african-american population in indigenous individuals are going to be those two populations because we have so much unspoken rule unspoken rules um unspoken and the biggest one for african-americans has always been, you know, what goes on in the house, you don't talk about it. Oh, my goodness. You better say that. Yeah, what you see or what you know, you know, even to be fact, it's still not something that is ever explored or talked about. I completely agree. And I I thank you for that response. Did you have something to say, uh, Cricket? No, I was just saying, I I definitely agree with what uh, Tracy was saying because I remember being told that you know, oftentimes as a child, you don't say what comes and go on in my house. I don't right. care what it is. <laughs> right. My house, my business. You know, that type of stuff. And, and like Tracy said, it does cause trauma because we have traumatic events to happen to us and we're not allowed to talk about them. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Now, let me ask you this. Um, and I know that we probably can't name all of them, Tracy, but from your experience, what are some things that uh, cause mental health? Like, is it genetic? Um, like you said, trauma. Just can you go over some things that um, will help us understand what, where it may stem from in some cases? Again, I know it's not a 100% answer, but just from your experience. 
Right. There, there are so many things that can induce or produce mental illness. Um, trauma, as I've already said, you know, having um, to actually have something to happen to you or what we call call uh, vicarious trauma, which means it didn't happen to me, but I witnessed it. Um, mm. So those are two mm. things. We have mental, um, I'm sorry, we have substance induced mental illness, which means that, you know, a, a very early onset of use of any type of substances. And I know a lot of times people don't want to think that nicotine or smoking cigarettes is a, is a substance, but it is. And it has a chemical release. And with that chemical release, there is a lot of organic brain changes and physiological changes. Wow. So a lot of times because alcohol and tobacco are legal, people don't like to um, consider those things to be um, substances. So mental illness, substance induced mental illness. And then we have the traditional um, predisposition, which means chromosomally, those family members mental illness is that thing that can be passed down through chromosomes through the oh, fact wow. that your ancestors had this predisposition or or had this particular illness whether it was diagnosed or not i have to keep saying that right um because a lot of people have things that transition down through their family lines but nobody ever was diagnosed with it you know right. nobody ever specifically knew that it was this thing they knew that these behaviors were happening but nobody wow. ever really saw counseling or saw any type of medical you know um information to really put their finger on what it was so those are the the, the ones that are most prevalent that you will hear about wow Right. Um, some of those, I, I, it's kind of like you don't know it until you hear it, and you're like, wow, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Especially the one you mentioned about vicarious uh, trauma. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting to me because a lot of people have witnessed a lot of things, you know, um, and sometimes you don't think that those things would affect that individual so deeply. You know, I know some things will, but you don't think about the fact that somebody literally could be uh, put in a place mentally just because they saw or they witnessed something happen to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um that's deep. I'm glad we're having this conversation. So one of the reasons why uh, we chose Miss Batten for this conversation is because um, she's kind of dual, dually licensed or dually degreed. And I say that um, because Miss Batten has the education side of it. And Miss Batten is also a minister. So Miss Batten, you do um, have a ministry of your own and you are well versed in the church. So tell us a little bit about your church background. What type of church did you come out of? I was raised as a very, very traditional Baptist girl, church girl. Okay. Um, every time the doors were open, I was there. Every choir anniversary, pastor anniversary, <laughs> Ursha anniversary, candlelight, women in white, uh, VBS vacation Bible school. Uh, on, yes. Whatever it was, um, I grew up that our socialization was the church. Our socialization, I mean, absolutely. Um, activities, everything, friends, family, everything centered around the church. Um, and when I say traditional, it was traditional. Um, and, and as I've gotten older, I can say that and I'm, I'm not a, a, a Baptist now, I'm non-denominational, but I was raised traditionally Baptist. So a lot of the foundational principles of, of the Baptist church of, of what I grew up in was very male dominated. OK, um, very male dominated. 
Um, so women were women played supportive roles. Um, so mm-hmm. there were no uh, women ministers, women evangelists, women preachers. There was no prophetic ministry in the Baptist church. There were no laying on hands in the Baptist church. There was no anointing anybody's head in the, in the Baptist church. I can grow up and I would think that the only people that would per se get slain in the spirit or would catch the Holy Ghost would be older people. No younger people. You know, that was comical. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What we grew up, you know, it was no younger people. Um, Just through, I can just think about just growing up. um, A lot of times um, in the summertime, I would stay with my aunt and, um, we would go to different vacation Bible schools and we would go to some of the church of God in Christ uh, vacation Bible schools. And I can remember being so intrigued with the fact that they had drums and a keyboard. Um, oh, wow. And guitars. They would have a guitar. And at the end of every vacation Bible school session, the young people, people that were my age would shout and they would fall out on the floor. Wow. Um <clears throat> It wasn't the old people. It was the young people. And this would go on similarly to me like for hours. But I can remember it being so exciting. Like going to that church or going to that vacation Bible school. First of all, because it was so much music. It was so much music. Right. And the young people, it wasn't just that. that the, a lot of times I think for me being in church at my young age, it was that you were to be seen and not heard. You know, yeah. don't act up in church. Yeah, don't there. in church. Right. Don't you say nothing in church. Don't you move in church. Don't you, you know, you had to be in a position. And so going to those to the to the other churches, what we would call sanctified churches, and seeing that the young people had so much involvement that they were actually having a spiritual relationship. They were actually having a spiritual encounter, you know. Right. It was very intriguing. But my background has been that um, evolving out once I got married, moved to non-denominational, was in more of a type of a prophetic atmosphere. So supernatural. Um, Absolutely. Understanding about uh, the Holy Spirit and understanding about deliverance being delivered. You know, church being that vehicle of delivering you from, you know, or that spiritual that spiritual encounter really being able to deliver you from whatever that thing that ails you, you know, just kind of growing and understanding that not, not getting to another level that church is not just something you do, but church is that thing that's in you. That's right. You you know, absolutely. So that's, that's where I stand now. So that's kind of my, I guess the, the evolving of where I was to where I am today. That's beautiful. I just want to insert really quickly. We just thank God that our, co-host Deja Edwards was able to make it in. She was a little bit under the weather today. Um, but she persevered. So Deja, hello. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everyone. How are you all? We're glad you're feeling better and that you were able to join the conversation. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So really quickly, Cricket, did you have something that you wanted to ask Tracy really quickly before I go on to the next portion of what I'm going to I, say? I actually did. Well, I don't know. Uh, and then you could just stop me if this is somewhere that you were going. Okay. <laughs> but um, she, uh, Tracy made me think of something when, you know, she was explaining her background. And I just kind of had a question. Um, I, uh, for you, Tracy, I was wondering, like, when you were in the Baptist 
um, setting, not have been not having been exposed to the supernatural. Did you think that uh, mental illness was a spiritual thing or a physical thing? Um, I don't think I had a perception of it at all. Um, I I think because I have my exposure just to people in general, you know, um, the very highly animated people, um, the very low energy people. I think I've necessarily, not necessarily at a younger age, put a title on it, but I think that my observation would have been like, okay, something wrong with them. Or, you know, um, my gauge for, you know, what would I consider to be somebody that's not quite there or not there, but not really calling it mental illness. Understood. Got you. And that was a great question, Cricket. Now, let me say, Deja, have you been listening to the conversation before you were able to get in? No, ma'am. I'm just... I. I got the new phone and was a- unable to figure it out. And I just figured everything out within the last three minutes. So. Not an issue. Not an issue. So let me brief you really quickly. So our guest tonight is Tracy Baker Batten. She's a clinical director um, and she works with a lot of mental health uh, situations, counseling and other things that she does in her profession. She's both licensed and degreed. And then um, she has so many letters behind her name. I got confused. So I had to ask for the simplified version. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask for the simplified version to be able to introduce her to y'all tonight. Um, but very educated a young lady. But not only that, um, just intelligent overall. But Tracy yes, has a supernatural background and the physical side. Well, we talk about the clinical piece of it. So that's why Tracy is the guest tonight. So I want to move into this direction, um, Tracy. So with the with the physical or the science piece of it, and then because you are so well versed in the spiritual side of it as well. Do you feel like at some point in your career, the two sides or the two um, credentials collided? Do you feel like they played against each other at any point? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. absolutely. And can you, can you give us a little bit on that? Can you elaborate just slightly on that, please, if you don't mind? Well, I mean, because of the nature of the work that I do, um, I, I, I thank God. Let me say that, first of all. I thank God for the opportunity um, for the area and for the people that he has allowed for me to be in their path and, and I in their path, they in my path and I in their path. Right. Um, because one of the things that happens um, as I have grown spiritually, I understand that I am me. I am me no matter where I am. Right. So whether I am, you know, Tracy Batten working you know, in a mental health or a substance abuse setting in an institution inside of a prison, inside of a jail, or whether I'm Tracy Batten operating as a a ministry leader. You know, I am me. I can't separate that. Right. So what the Holy Spirit has been allowed me to do at first, you know, um, recognizing and working with people that are um, dealing with mental illnesses, um, and different things, I have had to really, really use the the gift that God has given me of discernment to really be able to dive into some of the things that I know that are beneficial to people uh, from a spiritual aspect. Now, I cannot do it always, and I don't do it always. You know, sometimes I'm strictly, you know, by the book. Right. But there are so many times where 
I know that it has been God that has allowed me to open it up. Right. And, and, and say those words and, and really help people to get true deliverance. Because I believe that with mental illness, there is, it's a deliverance. It's a deliverance that has to happen um, with mm-hmm. that. So I don't want to go too far. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, they collide often. Okay. Um, but, wow. but I have been able to, it, it's never been to the point where I haven't been able to do the work that God has required me to do, even through my job. He's That's made wonderful. a way. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that further certifies that you've been called to the area that you're in. Um, mm-hmm. As we said at the beginning of the call, that's why you have the, it's a heart matter for you. You know, it's not just degrees. It's not just money. It's not just licensing. And it's not just spiritual, you know, knowledge or education or whatever through the Holy Spirit. It's something that you've been called to, um, which is great. That's why I'm glad we were able to get someone like you on the call or the podcast with us tonight so that we can further discuss it. Now, let me ask you a question. This is, this is just something that kind of crosses my mind often when talking to people like yourself. Do you find yourself in regular settings or having, like if you go to the gas station or you have an encounter with somebody at church or if you have an encounter with somebody at the mall or delivery person where you're diagnosing the person that you're talking to? <laughs> all the time. Every day. All- so do you so do you listen to our podcast and diagnose us? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I, I plead the field. I think oh, 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 I will not answer. I that it may incriminate me. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm, I'm being funny, but I had to ask because I understand, like you said, you know, you can't move that from yourself. Your personality, when no. you was explaining to us that you're always you. So I figured that I would ask that question because somebody's mm-hmm. probably saying, I wonder if she diagnosed them, you know, that sort of thing. But we'll, we'll let you plead the fifth on that. So before I move, um, or take any questions from anybody else. I want to bring it back to where Cricket put it. So this, she asked about prior in your younger days. So now I want to ask currently with all the supernatural experience you've had or encounters you had with God and dealing with God's people, with all of the clinical experience you've had with dealing with people in your work setting and being trained and licensed for this, do you think mental health is a physical issue or a spiritual issue? Or do you think it's a merge of both worlds? I think it's definitely both. Okay. Mm. It's both. Okay. And can you elaborate for the on the, on that for us a little bit, please? Well, I I will say this. When I have worked with a great number of men and women, and all of my work, I've never worked with juveniles. I never worked with children. Okay. So all of my work has always been with adult men and women. Um the basis of mental illness that I have dealt with has always been um, centered around unresolved issues. Unresolved issues. And more than likely, genetic predisposition. Um, Meaning that this is not something that is experienced just with this particular person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Family members are really truthful. You know, really truthful. Mm -hmm. And if this person Mm -hmm. absolutely had an opportunity to speak candidly and a person was like oh my gosh you know auntie so-and-so or such and such grandmama you know when people are really honest you know because the one part about mental illness is that people don't share first of all because they're dismissed very early on you know especially in african-american culture girl don't say that why you talking about that don't do that why you acting like that 
you know, right. anything that seemed to be not normal or or could put somebody in a in a state of being unacceptable, you know, you are immediately you dismiss that. You're you're dismissed about that. Don't talk about that. Don't do that. Don't act like that. You know? Right. Um. So you never really have that 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 space to really be able to talk about it. So what I find is that a lot of people that organically, because that's where mental illness comes from, it comes from chemical imbalance. It comes from, it can even come from injuries, traumatic brain injuries, people that have had a lot of trauma, maybe have been in a lot of fights, a lot of accidents, um, people that experienced a lot of physical abuse. They Mm. have what's called TBI, traumatic brain injuries. Traumatic brain injuries um, uh, will will produce mental illness. You know, it can produce wow. where people begin to hallucinate or hear things, or they begin to have anxiety or compulsion, you know, disorders and things about it. And they never think about it, you know. Um, so a lot of times what people will do is and this is where the, the, the spiritual part comes into it, where sometimes people say, well, that's demonic. You know, that's not a mental illness. It's demonic. Well, it's sometimes it's one and the same because when people are dealing with things that they can't articulate or express, they begin to dive into really dark places. Mm, this is so good. I ain't you, you, you start mm-hmm. going into a lot of dark places. You know, well, if I can't tell my mom and I can't tell my daddy that I'm cutting myself or I can't, that I have the urge to want to cut myself or I'm, you know, um, eating tissue, eating um, washing powder. I'm having the desire to eat chalk. I am, you know, which is known as pica. Pica is a mental illness. And it's a lot of people that eat a lot of stuff. Y'all would be surprised. I don't know if y'all know people that do that, you know, but that's that's a mental illness, you know, um, and it can be also considered like a compulsion disorder that people are doing that. And a lot of times that people are finding comfort in that. Well, okay, if I don't want people to know that I do that, well, sometimes people will drink alcohol. Well, this this calms me. This helps me. Um, I smoke marijuana because I don't want to do that thing because I don't want to seem like I'm not normal. So it's more more normal for me to drink or to smoke marijuana. Right. Do this and use pills because that's gonna be more acceptable. Yeah. Because if people saw this side of me, they're gonna be like, "You crazy." Right. So then people begin to dive into dark places. Well, what happens when you start diving into dark places? You start beginning to deal with spirits. Dark Mm -hmm. places carry spirits. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Right. So then those spirits get intertwined with that mental illness, and then we get into those suicidal ideations or homicidal ideations. I want to hurt myself or either I want to hurt somebody else. Right. Why? Because now you've gone into dark places. Dark places. Right? And when people dwell into those dark places and they don't have those outlets, don't have that support, then that's when they are being guided not by the Holy Spirit, but dark spirits. Mm. Yes, ma'am. So this is what I'm saying. There's an intertwining of 
what does what does mental illness really mean? Does it mean that this person is wicked? You possess your, you know, it can mean that this person, if this thing is not talked about, if this thing is not exposed, that's why exposure is so ex- important. Exposing. We're in a time now where especially African-American families, we have got to have these discussions like we've never had them before. Absolutely. It's so we don't want to do it. for us to even have these generational talks, you know, have those discussions about those family members that you knew, you know, was suffering with depression. Depression is rampant in the black family. It's rampant. It is. It is. You know, and depression doesn't look like I'm just a little sad. That's not depression. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just sad today. You know, right. we're talking about prolonging of a person, isolating. Uh, uh, we're talking about something being so <coughs> debilitating that people can't leave their house. They can't yeah. work. They yeah. can't function. They can't eat. You know, mm-hmm. um, and people kind of write them off or sign them off. You know, like, well, I don't know. They just not answering their telephone or they don't want to come out. I ain't going to have nothing to do with them. You know, right. because wow. you really don't understand the level that depression can really take somebody to. And when somebody is in that state of mind, understand when mental illness has gotten that great, and we call it SMI. SMI is a level, we call it serious mental illness. SMI is that level of mental illness that requires hospitalization. Mm. You know, that this person has gotten to the per- to the place where they need to be protected from themselves. My you know, where mm-hmm. is the enemy? The enemy is not outside. The enemy is you. The enemy is inside of you. You an know, en- an enemy unto yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So even getting a person to that point of being able to 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 recognize that. So this is when I was talking about having that open window, being able to sit with someone that looks like me, that they're talking to somebody that looks like me. And when I'm able to say, are you feeling this? Have you felt this? Have you ever tried to do this to yourself? And this person looking at me and saying, how do you know? Right. You know, how, how would you even ask me stuff like this? Right. You know? Yeah. And I'll say to them, you know what? I promise you, I was sent to you. I was sent to you for this season. I was sent to you. When you have felt in your life that you have been alone and nobody would ever understand you, I was sent specifically for you. Do you understand me when I say that? And that's powerful. Let me interject. Yeah. That, that is so powerful for you to say that because um, even in my personal life, at some points, just to know that somebody saw me, somebody right. heard me, somebody right. understood me, yeah. um, was a deliverer in itself. So it started right. the cycle of you're not by yourself. And so right. now you have this confidant or a person that you can trust to help draw you out of, like you called it, dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's powerful. I had to just interject that. Now, let me ask really quickly, Deja, Cricket, do either of you have anything? Because Tracy has given us a bunch of good information. Does anybody have a question or a statement that they want to interject before we go back to Tracy? Yeah, I do have a question. Okay. Day? Okay, you there. Okay. So uh, my question is, Tracy, did you see where, or do you see where, uh, once you get those families inside or in your practice, um, 
are you able to get them to open up? Because I know you said that most of the time the families don't want to be truthful and actually be candid with you. And um, so are you able to see where the families are able to do that with you? And then are you able to make a change once they do that? I will say that the best success rates are going to always be where family can be incorporated into treatment, but it's not always going to happen. Mm. But when you have that client that is still willing to go forward, you know, with addressing their issues and some families never get there, they never get there. You know, it's just going to be that thing that they just cannot accept. It's going to be that thing that they cannot, that they cannot discuss. It's going to be that thing that from a clinical perspective, if I was to add the family into, into this client's treatment plan, it would set the client back. So sometimes I have to make that decision clinically. Is it going to be to the best interest of the client to have that family incorporated or would this person be better without the family? So sometimes that's a, that's a thing that has to happen. And that's wisdom because you could have somebody that's in their immediate family who is causing the trauma um, right. and who is the person who yeah. is inducing this on them or, you know, whatever the word proper word is. And then in other cases, some of the family members may not want to talk about it because people don't understand when you address things, counseling or whether it's marital issues, mental health issues uh, that you were raped, whatever it is, when you address those things, it brings about accountability. Somebody has to answer for something in those situations. Thank and you. a lot of times people don't want to. Just like if you have somebody that was like one of my friends um, just wrote a, a book, When a Tree Falls on the House. Her name is Sam. She's an awesome praise and worship leader. She just released her her testimony, but she was actually raped by her brother. So in that for mm. a long time, she wouldn't talk about it because then, you know, there were people who were family members who may have accountability or people who she didn't want to put on the stake, you know, to tell mm-hmm. her testimony. So it's kind of like, well, let me hold it in and I'll just sit with it you know, until I get to a place where I'm healed enough to release it. So mm-hmm. you said something in, and I think it's wisdom, Tracy, that you are able to say, you know what, in this particular case, I do need the family or in this particular case is going to set my client back. So let me not call them in. Uh, great question mm-hmm. to Deja. Great question. Deja, will you finish with your question? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And Cricket, did you have one? I didn't have a question, but I did have um, something that I wanted to say. And Okay. I, I really think that this is such a, a very good discussion and um it's so eye opening on so many levels. Um even for myself because as you were talking, I was thinking back when um you were saying how the alcohol can um bring about mental, you know, drug substance abuse, that drug abuse can bring about mental um issues and, and situations or whatever. And I thought about this one lady, we I was attending a church and it was pretty much set in the hood of hoods and where you're going to find all your drug dealers, drug addicts, prostitutes, and so on and so forth. And this one girl, she would come into the church. Now, you know, by looking at her, her behavior and everything, that she was uh, some form of an addict, addicted to something. And uh, she would come in and she she had a heart 
to praise God or whatever. So she'll be trying to praise, but then it's like the other part of clicking and then she'll start talking to the wall. Then she'll turn mm -hmm. from talking to the wall and she'll start praising God. And then it's like a switch to let off and uh, mm -hmm. turn off. And then she'll go back to talking to a chair or, you know, something like that. And you could see the battle. You could tell, you know, that there was a battle and that it wasn't just mental. Like, it wasn't just that she was mentally challenged in some sort, but that it was something else going on um, mm. there. And from mm. there, I thought about a time in my earlier years when I used to take ecstasy. And I mm. remember um, one night, I, I took this ecstasy because like you said, a lot of times, you know, we did different things to bury different stuff. Right. And I took this ecstasy this night or whatever, and I began to fall in a dark place. But as I got into that place, I started, you know, well, hallucinating or actually seeing a vision, either or. Um, and I started seeing, you know, um, uh, spirits that you know were talking to me or that mm. you know would talk to me and um that was the last time I took that let me say that because it scared me <laughs> but um <laughs> let me just put that disclaimer in there really quickly I got a sense I had a little sense it scared the crap out of me but it just goes to show what you're saying to be accurate because you can take these different things that open you up to these different realms and all of the realms that you're open up to aren't not, are not necessarily good realms. Absolutely. And but again, you know, grateful to God that, you know, I was able to come back from that place because I took all kinds of drugs, but he never let them consume me. He never let them get me to a place. And I see people and have friends now who are completely out their mind. Mm. Mm -hmm. completely gone on drugs so i i'm grateful you know that god did hold me up in you know those moments where i was trying to self-medicate because i could not find anybody to talk mm. and Nothing when i but the blood. To, exactly right. and when i would try to address the issue you know with the person that was causing the issue it brought about another issue so i had to find other ways and solutions to get myself through but God is merciful, even in those moments. Definitely, Absolutely. he is. Absolutely, definitely, he is. Um, I was gonna say, um, to the example that cricket and this. Let me, let me, let me. Well, I let me see if I need to save it. I save it. I will move forward. Um, in this, Tracy, did you have anything to say in response to them to anything that they said? And if not, I'll move forward. Um, I I just want to say that was that was a beautiful testimony. Um. And there are people that are not consumed. Um, they are not. And I agree with you on what you said, um, that it, it is the blood of Jesus. And I believe that it's a setting aside. God does a setting aside. Um, that there are some that the first time, you know, they, because I call it escape. Right. Um, right. People are trying to escape. What right. are you afraid of? When people are are fearful of things when people feel that they have no way out I don't have nobody I can talk to I, I can't even begin to express if I say what I really feel or what I'm really thinking you know I would probably be institutionalized I would probably be ostracized 
I would right. probably be dismissed, you know, right. by families and friends. But you know, if I get a little bit tipsy, I can say some of that stuff. You right. know, if I get a little high, I can right. say some of that stuff. Because you, like, you get that you get that liquid courage. That liquid courage, right. <laughs> so when 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 and I see it so often, you know, what is the reason why people people don't wake up and say, Let me be a drug addict, let me be a right. prostitute, right. let me be a pimp, let me be a let me I just want to be a criminal today. People right. don't wake up and do that. We have to understand, right. you know, that usually it, it is some type of trigger, system-induced, yeah. trauma-induced, mental health-induced. It's a lot of inducing that gets people to the level of, I want to go out and I want to try every drug I can try. Right. Everything mm. I'm big enough to do, I want to do it. Right. You know? We have to understand there's an escape in that. There's an escape in that. Yes, not it was. one that's safe, yep. not one that's healthy, but it's an escape in that. Right. And to be that person that God has chosen to say, I'm going to allow that you to go out and you're going to experiment with all these things, but I'm not going to allow any of them to consume, yep. consume you. That's yep. right. You yeah. know, because I want you to be able to be that voice. I want you to be able to testify to the goodness of God because it wasn't anything that you were able to do because physiologically and psychologically you should be dead. Right. right. You know, for the things that a lot of people have done. You right. know, yeah. um, even for those that um succumbed and they were not able to live to tell the story, you know, their death still is a testimony. You know, right. it's a, yes, and, and what it is. It's a warning, you know, to other My people. Lord. That's why some people will succumb because it is the warning. You know, a lot of people will tell you, well, why did I stop living the life that I was living and just become really honest and I got sought the help that I needed to get was because I had a friend that died from this. I had a neighbor. I had a mother. I had mm-hmm. a father. You know, so understand that the sacrifice also serves a purpose. You understand what I'm saying? That we have those people that are, you're either the witness or you're the sacrifice. In life, God will have it. And at some point in time in your rotation on this earth, you will serve as either a witness or you will serve as a sacrifice. Right. You will be that person that this won't happen to you, but you will witness it. Wow. You will witness it. It'll be something that'll hit you almost dead on you, but it don't hit you. It hit all around you, but it don't hit you. But then you're going to be that person in life that you will be the sacrifice. That, mm-hmm. that diagnosis, that prognosis, that accident, that illness, that thing will happen to you. You know? So in life, we have to say, well, Lord, prepare me, God. Prepare me. That whether you put me in the seat of the sacrifice or whether you put me in the seat of the witness, give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that whatever seat I sit in, don't let it be in vain. Oh, yes, ma'am. Wow. Right? You know, and, I, and let me tell you something. It's something else. When you sit in the seat of the witness, I'm going to tell y'all, that's a very easy seat to sit in. Y'all Come hear on. me? It's an easy seat. But I be like, oh, Nene, uh, excuse me, Lee. Uh, <laughs> you know, girl, I feel so bad about that thing that's happening with you. You know, it's going to be okay. Right? Right. But when that thing, in, in less than 30 days, it turn around. And, and it's on your back. Right. And I'm saying, girl, I got a diagnosis. I got breast cancer. 
And we bind that up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. But that that diagnosis, you know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. right. They're telling me I ain't got but you know two right. years. I ain't right. got the six months. Or you know I'm in a position like well we don't lost everything. You understand what right. I'm saying? Right. It's easy to see to the witness. Woo. That's easy. See, it's easy to comfort somebody. You know. It is. But when you have to be the comforted. Right. That's a different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. I know that's and, right. And let me tell you what, what life has really taught me. And I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going in a whole different direction. No, it's all good. Let's talk. Those, that I believe that the preparation that it takes to be the sacrifice has to start now. It has to start now. And I'm just going to give y'all a little snippet of this. Two, two years now, two maybe almost over two years, my husband had to have a knee replacement. Had a knee replacement and got out of the hospital. We thought everything was going fine. He never would get better. Never would get better. His dad would call. How's he doing? I said, he's not doing good. He's he just not doing good. He's breaking out into these sweats. We don't know what's happening. Mm. Dad would come down. He would pray with us. Daddy even went to some old remedies. Well, we, I'm going to bring some turpentine. We're going to put some turpentine butt in the bed. We're going to try to sweat it out. You know, maybe no infection. You know, we didn't know what was happening. You know, went to the emergency room twice. The second time went to the emergency room. Finally figured out on the second time that he was allergic to the pain medication. Wow. Got that. Okay. You know, we was going through, you know, praying. And I'm, I'm in the room. I'm just praying like, Lord, what is happening? You know, like my husband just won't get no better. You know, I'm praying, vigilant in my prayer. Not even a week after we left this emergency room, we are less than probably a mile from our house and we're in. He gets the staples take out, taken out of the incision. We're in the car. We say, okay, well, we're going to go have dinner with a group of people. We're less than a mile away from the house. We're involved in a head-on collision. Car hits us head-on. The guy leaves the scene, leaves us there. I'm pit inside the vehicle. The fire department has to come. I get cut out the car. I'm laying, Jesus. honestly, no longer am I a witness. Am I riding down a road seeing a car accident? Guess what? Right. We are the car accident. Right. Yeah. right. So this is what I'm saying that we have to do things in advance, ladies. I just want to encourage your spirit that we have to do things in advance. This was something that I felt in my natural mind, not my spiritual mind. Listen to me. I'm in the natural. Trace was in the natural. I said, I guess I'm going to lose my mind. This is what the first thing that I said. I said, well, I guess it's everything going to happen to us. It's over. I'm just going to lose my mind. But having people that would come and pray, do you understand Having right. those that can discern in the spirit, even people say, Now you know you're not gonna lose your mind, right? Mm -hmm. And I just start hollering and screaming, you know, because I'm right. thinking to myself, Oh my god, <clears throat> why'd you send them to me, you know? And I thank God that God, even in advance, had allowed me to be that to somebody else. I had been that to somebody else, not even knowing. A few years down the line, I was gonna need that somebody to be the same thing to me. Right, right. Prepare now, prepare now, and I'm saying that to prepare now. 
Prepare now that whatever seat God puts you in, whether you are the sacrifice or whether you are the witness, prepare yourself now. Gird yourself up now. Stay in the face of, of Christ. Stay in the presence of Christ. Do those things that even ain't nothing going on. Everything is going great. I'm feeling great. Family doing great. Everybody look like around me is doing good. <laughs> Pray like none other. Fast like right. none other. So that you are prepared, that you're just not shocked, that you're not just thrown where you can't even pray. You know, um, you have to prepare now. And this is what I'm saying. And I guess this is the message that God has given me for this platform. So I thought it was just going to be about mental illness. But just prepare yourself now. Prepare yourself now. Because we never know the seat that we're sitting in. And we never know the position that God will have you to be in. That sometimes we think, I think, okay, yep, I got these credentials. Yep, I've gone to school and did this. But I was sitting in the, in a place where I didn't feel like I could articulate because I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to know it's going to get better. You know, that I couldn't articulate out of my mouth. I'm losing my mind. I feel desperate. Mm-hmm. I feel, oh, I just, I can't even stand inside of my own self, you know, because I feel helpless. But I had that one person to come to me and just say this to me. You know you're not going to lose your mind, right? And and it snapped me. I'm talking right. about literally. That right there was the move of God. My right. Inside right. body to the outside. And I was like, okay, I'm all right. Right. And, and there's I was, a lot I was, of power in those, little, in those words. Definitely it was. Um, the, the big thing about it is being able to deliver a word to be able to hear God in the right season to deliver it on time because you know a, the right word in the wrong season don't do nothing you know Absolutely. but the right word right. in the right season right. does everything when you right. were talking it made me think about the passage of scripture in Philippians 4 and 12 um, and it says I know how I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer the need um, so it's basically the passage of scripture is telling us basically know how to have much, know how to have little, you know, know how to deal with mo- mm-hmm. both of them. And what that translates about to me, what, what you were saying is sometimes we're in a place where we have abundant grace, where everything is going good. Everything is in our favor. And then we have those seasons, like you said, where we transfer from being the witness in the abundant good season where everything is going right to being the testimony or the sacrifice. Where everything seems to go wrong, but even in that, it goes to all things and all things give thanks. And so we have to learn to both be okay with little and much, whether it's grace, whether it's property, whether it's food, whether it's money, we have to learn how to still be okay with all of that. And I was going to say um, something else you said, because I want to move into some biblical examples of what we're talking about. Um, basically, there is, let me see, I want to start with the man who, I, what's the name of the city? So the city is G-E-R-A-S-E-N-E-S. So Geranis, what's the city, y'all? How you pronounce that? You got to say Gerasens, G-E-R-A-S-E-N-E-S. Gerasens. I would say Gerasen. Okay. Yeah. So it was a man from Gerasen who lived naked among the tombs and he constantly cried out and cut himself. Um, and so in Mark, I think the fifth chapter, the first through fifth verse, it talks about Jesus casting out the demon in that man and restoring him to his right mind. So this man was possessed with a legion of demons, but he was both crying out naked and cutting himself. 
Um, mm. In today's time, it would definitely be what we call a mental illness. Uh, but yes, we see you. where the hand of God came in to deliver the man. And then with the people, if you read the passage of scripture, and I gave the reference in case you want to read it in your personal time, when the people came and saw him, they like, oh, look, you know how we do it. Girl, that man was crazy the other day. That boy in his right mind, he got on clothes and everything. You see how he's right. sitting up over there? <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? That's, that's how we look at it. But in this day and time, it would have been right. crazy. Another example that I wanted to mention was in first Samuel the 16th chapter after <laughs> the Lord had rejected Saul and then when the spirit of God left Saul because he had been rejected of God the tormenting <laughs> spirit came upon him and when that tormented spirit came upon him he had to call for David who was the next king in line the king to be to come and play music and when David played music for him it, it, it soothed or it was soothing to the spirit and then that spirit would leave him momentarily and the spirit of God would come back on Saul to give him peace but once David didn't play or stop playing that tormented spirit would, would return now this day and age we would call that mental health um, the last one that I want to mention is Jonah yeah. uh, when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and he completely disobeyed God and that's in Jonah the first chapter the first through third verse where he told Jonah to go in to Nineveh and basically to tell them about their sins and that God was not pleased but he decided to go to Tarshish where we know the famous getting swallowed by the fish piece happened but mm -hmm. in that if you look at Jonah 4 and 3 for your reference Jonah wanted to die he was asking God to kill him because he was in, he was suffering with depression yeah mm -hmm. for disobeying yeah. God and then he was suffering with that depression because he saw how merciful God was to him and he still disobeyed God so I wanted to just point those out for people who are wondering, like myself, you know, is mental illness in the Bible? You know, that sort of thing. Those are a couple of examples of what we would call uh, bouts with mental illness. The right. other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to bring up this topic to Tracy and to you two ladies. Can I say do something you... real quick? Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. I was listening to a, uh, a sermon by, I can't remember what the guy was named, but, um, and it wasn't anything in the Bible that said that this is what this man dealt with. But he was talking about Samson. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that, you know, you have to consider what it was that Samson was going through, how much was being put on him and all this different stuff. And then he had this woman that coming, he's spending a little bit of time with or whatever. And he probably feeling like he can tell her what he's going through, tell her what all he, you know, he's feeling and all this different stuff. And um, so he was saying that it's, he probably dealt with some things. So I believe that mental health or depression or whatever is all throughout the Bible. It may not be spoken on, but you can only imagine what it was that these people were dealing with based on the things that we had seen. Absolutely. And I was going to say, and if Samson didn't have mental health issues before she cut his head, hair she, he had it after, he had he after cut his eyes out. I'm telling he did because I would have had it somebody that right. took my yeah. eyes out and everything mm -hmm. God gave me that he took from me but that's yeah. part of the reason why because he wanted to do the same thing he wanted to die he was asking God look return my strength to me one more time so I can end this thing let me just be obedient I'm sorry and get mm -hmm. up out of here and can I say something Lee because you uh -huh. made me think of something because um, the reality of it is you'll find in the Christian um arena a body a lot of people deal with depression right and yeah. mental illness because if you think about it we have to fight a lot of stuff on a daily basis mm -hmm. when yeah. we were adopted into the kingdom of god we not only inherited his blessings but we inherited his enemy 
Right. So yeah. because we got his enemy, aka Satan, you know, and we decided to follow God, he decided to make it his personal uh, business to destroy us any way possible. Uh huh. However, and we still have to stand solid in our stance with God, even through all of the temptations, the trials, the slander, the long suffering, all of that type of stuff that you have to endure. That mm -hmm. stuff is hard. Sometimes it, it brings about depression. It brings about, that's why you have all of these pastors you find that are killing themselves. It's not easy to walk this thing out. It's not. Absolutely. So I imagine uh, Samson as well as if you think about, I'm surprised that uh, Apostle Paul once somewhere sick, ready to kill himself. All of yeah. the stuff that he had to endure um, following Christ and all of the, the other disciples and all of the other people who made up in their mind to be sold out for this thing. It comes with some stuff. And if you mm, are not does. careful, you will find yourself in a place of uh, depression. I remember the earlier church, you know, when they did not teach so much grace and mercy, but just taught <coughs> hell, 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 hell. I that along with depression. Because <laughs> yeah. you feeling like it ain't I remember feeling at a point like, you know what, I, God, you just might well come on. Like I might well just do what I want to do. Cause ain't no way I can live up to all of these standards. You know, that are being said that I have to live up to. That's the person by itself to think like, oh my God, I'm going I'm to fail you. Or I done failed you again because now men have people pushed on pedestals. Right. So they, freaky. they fall like humans. Now they're in a depressed state. So I think that the mental illness and, and spiritual, spirituality, it just, go, it just intertwines. It does. But the crazy, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Well, what I was going to say is the crazy thing about it is a lot of the things that the Christians put on us, a lot of it ain't in the Bible. It's what they feel and what it is that they think that we should be doing. A lot of it ain't, about, it ain't even in the Bible. So, you know, they putting a lot of standards on us that ain't even, um, you know, anything that God said anything about. It's not biblical. Well, there's so, a difference between moral things and biblical things. I just had right. this conversation with somebody the other day. So that's why you have to know the word for yourself. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is the thing that he gave us to keep us and give us the ability to do what he put in the word for us to do. Because without it, we wouldn't do it. And without right. it, we'd be to kill up all the animals and we'll still be going to hell. Right. So that's yes, why he gave us that help. So I completely agree. The other thing I was going to say, though, Cricket, with what you said, dead on was the fact that he that's why he reminded us when he said the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the to the glory that shall be revealed he had to remind look it ain't gonna be like this always y'all right right and what you're going mm -hmm. through right now ain't even compared to the reward that i'm gonna give you for going right. through this right so there are reminders mm -hmm. all through there's another right. passage of scripture where he tells us we are in need of patience because after we've done the will of god that we may receive the promise so yeah. he give us these inklings of hope everywhere we go like okay y'all yep. hold on i'm yep. coming you're not by yourself Yep. It's not going to be always. The other thing that I was going to say when you said about the mental health uh, piece is just intertwined with ministry and stuff, period. I absolutely positively believe that. And let me tell you how I believe that. I believe that if you go to the mental hospital right now, there are so many people in there who have a prophetic calling, 
who yep. have a, a pastoral calling, yep. who have an apostle's calling, who have yep. a teacher calling, and they just not did, did not obey. Is that all that's in there? No, that's not. There's some people with chemical imbalances, like she said, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injuries. There are yep. people there who have physical reasons that they're there. There are things that are off and there are genetic reasons. But what I do believe though, if you go back to the scripture, how he talks about if we're not obedient to him, he'll visit the sins of the father upon the sons. You know, and I think it's to the third generation or to the fourth generation. Forgive me if I'm wrong about the generation, but he talks about how it'll go forward, which goes back to the piece where Tracy said, some of it is definitely through predisposition. You know, some people have it in their family and it travels in their bloodline. But this is what I believe. I believe we have enough to fight I really do. We yes. have enough to fight. So yeah. I feel yeah. like when you add disobedience to your fight, you make your fight worse because you've already yes. got to fight. So yes. I think if you give God a yes, whether you have predisposed mental illness, whether you have the vicarious trauma that Tracy taught us about, whether it's induced or produced through trauma, whatever the case may be, I feel like if you give a God yes, uh, give God a yes, then you have a better fight to get through whatever it is that you're dealing with. Even if you have to be medicated, but medication and prayer, you ain't going to be able to beat that. Right. You get helped in the physical and you get helped in the spiritual. So I think what it comes down to is everybody not increasing the fight that they're in. Surrendering to God and saying, you know what? Yes, I have this issue, Lord. You know, my mind, I'm hearing voices or whatever the case may be. And then go to your doctor on Monday too. Yeah, I agree. I agree that. And I think that the, um, if I can, do you mind if I just share a couple of things? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. It says Trace is connecting and it says Deja dropped off. So let me a second. Okay. Okay. So trying to reconnect. So I'm going to disconnect and save it and I'm going to request. No, there we go. We're back on. We're back on. Okay. Tracy, are you there? I'm here. Okay, so we dropped that. Finish what you were saying. It disconnected once you said, if I may share some things. Okay, I just wanted to um, just share when you talked about the the man um, that was in the caves. Okay. um, And and the spirits um, that he had. First of all, I want to be in total agreement with you that deliverance is there. Deliverance is here. Um, and, And that the yes in your spirit is the requirement and the faith Faith also is a requirement. Absolutely. Um, and, and in this situation, I don't believe that it's not far from what happens now. Understand deprivation. What does deprivation do? When you are deprived from people, you're deprived from touch, you're deprived from light, you're deprived from just many things. Mm-hmm. Um, it can cause insanity. It can cause Absolutely. deprivation If you stay up and don't sleep for over 48 hours, uh, it's, it's noted, you know, just medically that you can become psychotic. Absolutely. You, become psychotic. you will begin to hallucinate. Your body yep. physically Definitely. breaking down. But let Please me don't be this. driving because I see all kinds of things inside the road. Yes. Absolutely. And you will think that you are awake. And you sleep if you drive, right. you deprive yourself long enough, you will declare you up and you sleep, right. you know. Um, so when I think about this man biblically, and, and I agree with uh Deja also that mental illness is all over, all over the Bible. We see it, we see it, you know, whether it was induced, predisposed, we see it all over. So in this case, there was a town that feared this man. Mm-hmm. Their fear came out of something, you know. Mm-hmm. He was different. He was different. 
and y'all think about in today's time how many times we encounter people that are different you know right. one of the things I shared um, before is you know I have worked with a person that had Tourette's and this person had the worst form of Tourette's you know Tourette's can come in twitching it can come in just con- body contorting but this person had the contortion they would have the twitches in their body and he also had it where he would blurt out profanity. I mean, very nasty things. And the higher, the higher his level of anxiety got, the more he would, it, it would just be uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't do the words, he would um, make noises, whistles, hollers, screams. Okay. So if we took this person and we put this person in biblical days, they would have put him in a cave. Right. They would have put him in a place because they would have said he possessed. He possessed. Right. Mm-hmm. This is just demonic. Um, in modern times, we call it Tourette's. We said this person has Tourette's syndrome. This person has a organic part of brain chemistry that they have involuntary muscle spasms, and it also goes even to their vocal spasms. Right. You know. So, in this situation, when when what people what do people do? with people that they are afraid of. In modern times, we lock them up and we institutionalize them. In biblical days, they cast them out of the cities. You got to right. get out of here. Right. You know, because this this can't be of natural. You know, this has got to be from something, from demonic. And do I feel that there are certain things that will go over into the supernatural and it does become demonic? Absolutely. Because when one is the deprived, when no, when one is not able to have affection, when one is not able to have support, when one, you know, this person right. went from, I got this thing that's wrong with me that I don't even understand it. And now I'm pe- placed and I'm ostracized. I'm having to act like an animal. I'm having right. to fend like an animal. I'm having to be almost animalistic. Then you start once again, this is the word I'm using, y'all you go into dark places and right. you start dealing with dark stuff. A lot of people, when they have these levels of mental illness, they start going to root workers. They right. start going to potions. They start going to tarot card readers. Right. They start going into everything that they feel that can hit anything that they feel that can help them come out of this. Right. So when you start cricket, when you talked about those realms, Mm-hmm. When you start unlocking certain realms, certain mm-hmm. realms come with certain levels of darkness. Sure do. And then you start introducing demonic spirits, possession, mm-hmm. right. all those things. But a lot of times it comes out of desperation. People get so desperate. I'm just desperate. Whatever I can do. When you think about biblically, when people were dealing with skin infections, you know, and nobody wanted to be around them. You had to leave the city right, you got right. this infection. Right. You know, well, people became uh, desperate. They would right. go to witches. You know, can you, what can you do to help cast this, you know, is this a spell somebody done put on me? People thought right. immediately it was something evil. So then you unlock the realm of evil. You unlock right. the realm of darkness. So now you've invited that in. Absolutely. So now... You are mixing this particular thing that's that's you know a <clears throat> illness with demonic spirits, and mm-hmm. it's no different because people are still doing it today. 
people are still right. doing it today. Right. When you have something that's really unexplainable, unexplainable. Right. You know, in the spiritual, we would say you're going to have to increase your faith. You're going to have to believe that God will deliver you from this. Right. What happens is because the natural would take over. And I don't want to have that kind of patience. I don't want to do that. I won't now because I'm desperate. Right. So then this person will tell this person, well, you know, you can go down and go past the woods, go down there by the creek, so and so, so and so is doing such and such. Right. And all of this stuff is not of God. It's not of God. Right. It's from a very dark, wicked place. And people start dibbling and dabbling with it. So now, yes, you've invited evil spirits you did not you've invited possession you've invited demons you've invited into you've gone into that realm right you're not out you're out of the godly realm you're into this dark realm right that was just what i wanted to share on that that's that's and that's good um lee can i say something yeah go ahead Um, well you know (laughs) Um, because I was thinking about something that uh, you had said as far as, because even as Tracy was talking, you know, just now, whatever, and I was thinking about how if you are marked by God, God, and how your disobedience can, you know, usher you into this these realms of, of mental illness, and it's not necessarily mental illness, but you can be overtaken by a spirit because of your disobedience. And right. an example of that in the Bible is Nebuchadnezzar. Right. And if you read in <laughs> and if you read in Daniel, um, when um God had continually given um Nebuchadnezzar warning to humble himself, pretty mm-hmm. much like I'm blessing you, I'm letting you reign as one of the great kings, I'm giving you all this type of stuff, but you're going to give me my props. That's good. And he told him this numerous times and finally mm-hmm. he gave him the last warning and he said check this out if you take credit for what <coughs> I did one more time I am going to turn your mind to the mind of an animal mm-hmm. and you will wander the world for seven years before you're able to turn your face back to me say what I'm telling you to say all alone and mm-hmm. then I will back reposition you he turned this man mind to in the mind of an animal. That's a perfect example. So he put mental illness on this man that he <laughs> roamed the world <laughs> like a beast because of his disobedience. Yeah, yeah. My lord. He now put, you know what? That's go ahead, Creek, finish. No, I was gonna say, so he he put that on there. So a lot of times um people are dealing with mental illnesses and issues because of disobedience but yes they have a real mental illness now because God has placed it upon them because they would not adhere to what he said so literally their deliverance is in their yes is in their um, obedience to what God is saying and they don't have to stay that way but they are very much so mentally ill no it ain't just the spirit God has placed mental illness on them because of their disobedience. Absolutely. And for Nebuchadnezzar, like you said, God gave him a period of time. I'm going to do yep. this for seven years. So yep. no matter what he would have did in that seven year period until you God come got out through, you can't come yep. out of it. Yep. But I was going to say that's that's a powerful example. And I didn't think of him, but that's the, that's a very good example of it. But what I wanted to say was this, because everybody on the call is prophetic. Everybody on this call right now has a prophetic gift. So in that, I was going to say, if you think about 
you having the prophetic gift, how God will give you supernatural things. Some people call them visions, dreams. Some people call them trances where the you know room around you will change or whatever. You have a dream that feels so real and you wake up and you can't really separate the reality from it in the beginning. You know, you might wake up weeping or whatever the case may be. You may see things that are demonic or have demonic encounters. But the whole fact of the matter is you think about how you experience those things in your right mind and with your yes in place to God. And right. now you remove that yes. Come on. And then you are still going to have that supernatural gift. But now there is no filter. There is no balancer. There is no controller to help you, you know, navigate through those things. So you're turned over to that gifting, turned over to that ability where now you're seeing things 24 hours a day. You're hearing things all the time uh, because God is the switch. He's the great divide in that. Yep. So if you think about that, oh, definitely I'd be in somebody's hospital definitely just with the things i've experienced with my yes even before i gave a yes the things that yeah. i've experienced to lead me to my yes yeah i would have been crazy had i not given god that yes definitely yeah. and i hate to use the word crazy and let me take that back i ain't gonna say crazy i would have been suffering with a mental health issue definitely <laughs> um had i not given god a yes but i think that was a perfect example um, what you just gave Tracy did you have anything to say back to Cricket in reference to the example she gave no I, I think that was a beautiful illustration um, me too um, definitely that was a beautiful illustration and I think that um, when we have that that um, that thing where we're just unsettled in ourselves, we're uncomfortable in our skin that no matter what you put on no matter where you go what you buy what you do who you with you know, it's just oh, never me. that satisfying thing, you know. Right. I believe that that's the unction of the Holy Ghost. I believe that God will have what he has. What he declares is his. Right. Um, so no matter what you do, where we go, you know, and especially for that purpose or that calling that God has on your life. When we say, well, I just don't know what it is. It just seems like it's just something I'm supposed to be doing. The Holy Spirit is speaking, uh, but it does cause for a transformation of your ears you know that we can't hear God in the natural. You can't. You gotta go to the spirit. You gotta go Absolutely. in the spirit. Um, and I believe that that's why He likes to deal with us when we're not fighting Him. You know, when we want to yes. fight Him on everything, we gotta ask this person, that Come person. On. We got to keep. Well, I'm gonna wait the next year. We're gonna have all these different things, you know, because we're fighting. But when we transform and we go into the spirit, we go into the spirit. We can see things so clear. Things yeah. can be so clear and, and we don't have to be, you know, in that sacrificial place because that's where he had to go. You know, I'm for, for what you were not willing to do after Come on. I had ordained and command commanded yep. you to do, you were not willing to do, then these years you will have to have that sacrifice. You will be yep. you will have to live this life of a sacrifice, of, of being out of your mind. You know, um, and not in your 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 current state of thought. You know, you're gonna have to be in this because I need for you to understand who I am. I need Come for you on. to understand who you are and the purpose yep. that you have on your life. And I believe that there are are so many people that are are suffering needlessly. You know, needlessly. Yes, what needlessly? You, you, Come on. Needlessly. You keep going in the same circle, expecting different results. Needless when all you have to do is just bad. turn your will and your way over to God. You know, and I just want to say this one last thing because I got a T-shirt in the mail today, and I think it was so fitting. Colleague, last month was Mental Health Professional Month or Mental Health Awareness Month, and 
I got a t-shirt today from one of my colleagues that's also a mental health professional and the t-shirt read broken color broken still color um and I just smiled when I saw that, you know, and it's a model, you know, it's something that we say as mental health professionals that, you know, a lot of times people think that when you're broken, you mm-hmm. know, you're no longer good, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to be thrown away, you know. Um, so when we're looking at it from a mental health perspective, we have to remember that broken crayons still color, you know, yeah. and a lot of times we don't look like what we think. You know, a lot of people would look at Tracy Batten and say, that looks like mental illness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times we have to transform our mind because a lot of times <coughs> we are operating in a world that we see things and things have to look a certain way in order to have a certain label or a certain title. You know, and which will also, when we look at things a certain way and you put a certain title on it, you may also say, and this, that can't help me or they can't help me because we're not looking at it the way that God has intended us to look at it. Right. And you never know where your help will be able to come from. Right. Absolutely. Right. One of the things I want to insert in there, y'all, because we were talking about the disobedience and, I, and, and it, the Holy Spirit led me to a scripture that I had forgotten about. But if you look at James 5 and 10, James 5 and 10 is the King James version. It says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction and of patience. So if you look at this stuff, most of these people in the mental health segments, he's talking about how they were afflicted. Yep. And so yep. specifically here, he said, I want you to take the prophets as an example of suffering, affliction Come and on. patience. Come so on. if you have a prophetic call, you you're going to be predisposed to suffering yep. affliction. So there are you some seasons where people are like, well, I wonder why they go through so much. I wonder why they keep losing stuff. I wonder why they keep being sick. Because the Bible said that if you have this call and you're speaking in the name of the Lord, you're going to suffer an affliction. Amen. And this stuff is for a period of time. So I wanted to yep. include that for somebody who may have a prophetic call and be like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm still the sacrifice, as Tracy called it. So I wanted to leave that there. And there was another thing that I wanted to say when Tracy was talking, I was thinking about giving God a yes. When you give God, because there's a difference between a yes and a surrendered yes. So we can say, well, you know what, Lord, whatever you call me to do, like the old people used to say, I don't know if y'all remember, send me, I go. That means yeah. that's yes. So in that, sometimes we say yes to things, but then when it comes down to it, we don't really have a yes. <laughs> it's yep. like, okay, you know, Lord, I will go speak to people, but I'm not going to call myself the evangelist. I don't accept that title or Lord, yeah. I will, um, you know, give to the poor or pray for the sick, but I ain't going to deliver no word. Now, I can't preach the gospel. I can't teach it. I'm not going to do that part of it or whatever. So a surrender, Come yes, on. is like, Lord, whatever it is, I'll move in it now. I'll I'm going to just give you that yes. I submit to you. So, but in that, if you think about not giving God a yes, just the seasons where we are in rebellion, and I say we because I've been there. I've done that. When we are in rebellion and we're not giving God that surrender, yes, that in itself should be equated to some type of mental illness. Because who wants God for an enemy? You got to be crazy. You got, got to be, be. You got to be out of your mind to purposely to choose be. to be God's enemy. <laughs> think about it, because that's what you're choosing. When you don't choose what He called you to do, when you My don't choose Lord. what He called you to walk in, Jesus. you're saying, you know what? I contend with you, God. We're gonna box this out. I'm gonna fight you. I oppose you. Is exactly what you're saying to God. So My I just want to point that out. Because God dropped it in my spirit. So we'll Absolutely. move on. What I, 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 I got to say, one thing for you, drop okay. it and lead it. Um, okay. 
when we talk about from a mental health standpoint, um, those that have such high levels of anxiety or panic attacks and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature, those that are in that particular realm, mm-hmm. um, not walking in your true calling. Like you said, just I'm just going to do just enough, you know, yeah. um, but knowing on the inside of you, knowing that there is a higher calling. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Tracy. The, the word of God says, press toward the mark, press toward the mark of the yeah. higher calling. You know, yeah. that it does not say do just enough. It does. Right. Yep. So that will never be enough. So that's why, you know, you're always dealing with the spirit of fear. Mm. Understand? Which right. also equates in the mental health world, oh, that's anxiety. Oh, you're having panic attacks. No, in the spiritual world, you're dealing with the spirit of fear. Why are you right. dealing with the spirit of the fear? Because you're only doing those mediocrity things. You're only mm. doing, you're, you're just scraping the surface. Yeah, I, I'm a saying just a little bit. When you know that God <laughs> gave you that ministry to tell you the same. Every time Absolutely. you come to your mouth, you give it everything you got. You know what I'm saying? When he's giving you the spirit of the evangelist, that your job is to go out and to spread the gospel, to go right. out, you know, and right. give that word to people that wouldn't ordinarily give it. Well, I, I, I ain't going to say nothing to them because they don't like they're going to really receive that. They might have an attitude. So right. you're doing just enough. So you're always walking around with anxiety. You're always walking around fearful. You're always walking up, up uptight all the time. Because right. you're not in that purpose. So you're dealing with it. Yes, like you said, those are forms of mental illness. Those right. are forms of mental illness. So how do you get delivered? Lord, deliver me. And then on the other side, you praying, Lord, I just want to be delivered from this. I'm so Come sad. On. <laughs> I'm so sad. Come on, Tracy. That's the truth. Come on. Look at him. This is a testimony. This is a right. testimony. <laughs> and then on the other hand, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Right. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> Let, because he's not doing what God has required you to do. You know what I done told you you're supposed to do. Right. And Let when it hits you, you better run and do it. I don't even want you to walk. When it hits you, you run and do it. That's what right. I require you to do. You're not going to be the person that can just walk up and do it. When it hits you, you run and do it. Right. Oh, everybody else. Because that's what I have required you to do. And let me tell you something. When you get in that space, when you get in your in that space, that that like you said what you called it what kind of surrender you call that a surrendered yes a surrendered yes when you get in a surrendered yes then you get into that peaceful place when Mm -hmm. i'm talking about true peace you like come on now this is it this is where i needed to be now i can rest i feel good i'm trying to tell you i'm in that place god this is that place this is that place i'm not scared no more I'm not doing stuff halfway. I'm not Mm -hmm. then I go back. I go a little bit, then I go back. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm there, God. I'm there. And when I when when you called me to do it, there was a time. Let me just tell y'all this. Every time something was meant about a fast, I'd be like, oh Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm transparent. Okay. I'm going. In my mind, I get <laughs> mad. Why is you thinking about a fan? I'm sorry. You and me both. You and me I both, mean, Tracy. Every time. If something was mentioned about we we're getting ready to do this fan. It didn't matter what kind it was. I, I just <laughs> <would get up> <laughs> 
I'm gonna tell y'all, God dealt with me on that. Do you hear me? Right. Uh huh. Me dealt too. With me on that. And when I tell you, I had to. I'm talking about with tears in my eyes, pray about it. Do you hear me? And He got me to the point of when it comes to a fast, it's no qualms about. It. If it come up a little bit in my spirit, I'm talking about. I can want it, have it. I'm gonna get it. I'm talking about. I can't even begin to even put it in my mouth. Right. Nothing. I'm talking about. It it's it makes me sorrowful to even right. think about doing it. Mm-hmm. That's where God took me. Deal with me, God. Deal with me on that thing that that I fight against you the most with. Deal mm-hmm. with me. Don't let that thing haunt me. Don't let it come up in me. Don't let it be that thing that's always lurking around the corner, peeping at me, taunting me. You know, we have those things that taunt us. When we're talking about mental illness, everybody have that thing that taunt us. Right. You know, you see it. Nobody else can't see it, but you know it's there. Right. The spirit of abandonment, I am praying today. God, I deal with that. I deal with that. Of having knowledge of being in foster care the first six to nine months of my life. I deal with that. It it brings me sorrow in my heart. I pray about that today. Right. Deal, help me deal with that. Don't let me take that into the relationship with my husband. Right. You know, I've been with him for many years and I, I want to be hostile, you know, to right. him. I want to be distant. I want to, you know, I have these feelings of not being loved. You know what I'm saying? Don't right. let me put that over on my child. You right. Know? Don't let me put that onto my parents. Right. You know, I deal with that. I deal right. with that. And I believe with everything in me that I am delivered from that. I see myself in Jesus' name delivered from that. So we have to be transparent. These are the conversations when I talk about the family, especially the black family. Mm-hmm. Y'all, this is what I'm talking about. That we got to have real talk now because we got some people that's really dealing with some stuff and it's real holding stuff. them up. Absolutely. Holding your things that are dealing with your mental stability hold you up in your spiritual growth. Absolutely. You said something, Dan. You hear let, me? Go and, ahead, Chris. And, and let me say this because you let me tell you, God, <laughs> he's hilarious. Uh, because you all, you know, don't know or do know or whatever. Um, but you've definitely been ministering to me um this past you know, a little bit of time or whatever that we've been talking because I, I'm dealing with that at this very moment. Um, I get, I, when it comes to speaking out to people, like I can talk now in this intimate session or around people all day long. But when it comes to you putting me before people on a platform, that yeah, I got to, yes, speak. <laughs> don't even say preach. I won't even say preach. I'm going to speak because preach made my knees buckle. So telling me that I have to speak, it gives me very bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was told on Monday that I had to speak Sunday. And I was that one like, God, like, can't you just have me pray for somebody? Like, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Like, I'll get lose some sleep, God. Or, you know, even if you want me to fast or, you know, hug and encourage somebody. 
but like you telling me I got to stand in front of these people and give a word from you mm-hmm. and it just and I've been wrestling I've been wrestling and although you know I've been wrestling I've still been you know studying and preparing myself because I am trying to be the one to give God that surrender yes come on with it but it's also very uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, but a surrender yes will make you uncomfortable complete obedience to God will cause you to be uncomfortable Absolutely. because being obedient is, is 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 not doing what feels good to you anyway come on now because it's killing that flesh up it's exactly so in levels <laughs> but when Tracy don't even know like what she said like when she was like the world calls it um um anxiety anxiety yeah mm-hmm. but the spirit calls it fear fear yeah. come on now and, and that thing was that like it stuck out to me and it was stabbing me and I kept saying you know God you don't give me the spirit of fear like I cannot be consumed by this thing every time it comes up for me to you have to do word. what I know that you've called me to, to do. do anyway right. but I kind of just want to do part of the mission like uh-huh. I'll do this part and you keep that part mm-hmm. but um, you all have been helping me to get free you know tonight so that I can go forth and do, you know, what God has told me to do on Sunday, free from fear and anxiety. Now, let me tell you something. Were you through? Yeah, I'm done. That wasn't just for you. It's for me, too, because I have the exact same issue. Um, and I'm going to give you the word that Lady Tammy, you both know my friend Lady Tammy, mm-hmm. um, that she gave me. So she was on the phone with me one day Well, I text her and I was like, look, pray for me because I got to go speak at these people church. You know, it's their 27th anniversary. They know so many pastors. Why they pick me? <laughs> you know, they know so many preachers, so many season folks. Mm-hmm. So I got to give you, it's a two part. Uh, I'm going to give you two parts. So the first part was Lady Tammy. So she called me and she said, listen, are you busy? I said, no. She said, let me tell you this. I said, okay. And Cricket, this for you. That's why I'm sharing it. Mm-hmm. She says, the Lord put in my spirit that the prophetic, you walking in the office of the prophet, you prophesying, you praying for people, it comes easy. She said, you've even gotten to the point where the Lord is allowing you to teach people how to come into or how to function in their prophetic gift. You're teaching people how to hear God at this point. She says, so in essence, you've mastered that division of your calling. She said, Lee, God is calling you to something else. It's another season. Ooh. She said, so you're not going to put the prophetic down you're still going to function in that because God has need of you. She said, God is giving you like a prophetic training center and such where you, you know, hand teaching men and women how to prophesy, not how to prophesy, but how to use the gift of prophecy, how to hear God more efficiently, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. She says, but now there's a preached word that's in you. That's why you're getting the invites that you don't think you deserve. So she told me, she said, you got to prepare because now he's giving you another step so that you can master that. So cricket to you. Go ahead and finish studying and do what you need to do because you got to master that. Let me tell you something else. Now, I was talking to Tracy, the Tracy that's on the phone, the on the iPod tonight. I, I, what you call it? The podcast. <laughs> and I said, Tracy, same thing. You know, I don't know why they picked me, you know, such and such. And she said to me, this word was so powerful. She said to me, she said, why not you? So I listened. She went further. She said, I want you to understand that now you have become the elder. She said, oh, the people in our God. generation, she said, we used to look to the generation ahead of us, like my dad, Cricket, your mom, Tracy's mom. 
we used to look at all of them for the foundational things. They're the one that preached and taught about holiness. They're the one who showed us how to develop a relationship with God. That's right. They did all of those things. Now they have passed the baton. She told me they have officially given you the baton. So understand that God himself has passed the baton and now you can't do anything but run with it. But when I tell you that thing went to my soul and it encouraged me. Yeah. So guess what? When I go before these people, like she said, I can't be nobody but Lee. I'm going to give them exactly what God gave me for them. And he's confirmed my word tonight since we've been up here. Wow. But I was going to say, and see obedience, following God in every doorway. Because it's like, oh, God, you want me to preach? You want me to do an iPod? I mean, a, a podcast? <laughs> you want me to teach folk? You want me to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want me to do all this stuff? But because I'm giving, that surrender, yes. Because I'm saying, Lord, you know what? If you're going to use me, use me. Because I've come out of a season of hell. Let me say seasons of hell. And I come don't want to return to that place. So no, understand. Lord. Understand that I will not let mental illness deal with me in this season, That's making right. myself an enemy to God. I won't That's do that right. any longer. So whatever he give me, I'm going to run with it. And I'm going to run fast as I can. Cause all I can do is give him what he's put in, give them what he's put in me for that body. And for yeah. those people that will assemble that day. So yeah. cricket, be encouraged. We got it. Cause God anointed us for it. That's right. That's right. I'm done. Y'all. If y'all want to say something. That okay, was good. So Thank you, Trey. Now, I was going to say, let's go to this part right here. So I want to leave a couple of things with the people. I'm going to get Tracy to do some things. Uh, when I say these couple of things, you guys may have some tag-ons with it. So one of the things I want to talk to people who are listening who may think they're struggling with mental health, one thing you got to understand is, one, you're not alone. Now, two, definitely get you some help. Yeah. Like Tracy said, because we go undiagnosed. And one of the things I wanted to bring up to Trey with some of the information that you gave us was the fact that sometimes black people don't have the insurance or coverage or don't know how to find free avenues to get help with that. So sometimes we skip over it because of lack of health insurance and things like that as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say this, black therapists like myself, and I know a lot of other black therapists, I know other black clinical psychologists, um, psychiatrists, um, and I know that a lot of them do a lot of work with our communities um that's free you know and that's what we are that's what we are required to do um because as you say it's a higher calling so i i i have a lot of contacts with other professionals because i believe that i'm not saying that our other counterparts are not you know good professionals qualified professionals but i have found that african americans can deal a lot um, culturally with African-American people. Right. Um, because we yes. just have such a better understanding. If you have therapists that have not had that cultural experience or exposure or training or first-hand right. knowledge, sometimes just the understanding of spirituality and the Black community can be very overwhelming. You know? Right. Uh, because a lot of times people will think spirituality is a mental illness in itself. And in the black right. culture, it's not. It's just right. part of the family dynamic. Absolutely. Um, so I will say this. Um, there is a national helpline that I want to put out there. Thank um, you. That anybody can call. This is the national helpline for whatever, whether it's mental health, substance abuse, whatever issues you're having, there's a number, and it's 1-800-662-HELP. <coughs> 1-800-662-HELP. And the number, and I'll just do the digital numbers, okay? 
But if you just forget, it's 1-800-662-HELP. But 1-800-662-4357. If you reach out to Lee um, and you're in the middle Georgia area, the Atlanta area, the South Georgia area, um, and you're interested or you feel that you may want to reach out to a therapist um, besides maybe calling the national hotline, she has my contact information. I'm not going to say it out on the podcast, but she has a way that she can get in contact with me and I'm always available. And if I can't help you, I will connect you with somebody that can. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Um, so to repeat it, she said national helpline, you guys, is 800-662-HELP. The numeric value for that is 800-662-4357. That's the national helpline. Whether you're dealing with depression or whatever the case may be, call. They'll be able to direct you to the right place. Again, um, we won't put uh, Tracy's number or anything like that out. But if you have an issue, you want to get in touch with me, I can definitely get a message to her that she, so she can provide you with some middle Georgia, Atlanta uh, contacts for you to try to get some help. So um, one of the things I want to thank you for that, Tracy, I really appreciate it. You're one welcome. of the things. So, again, you're not alone. Definitely get you some help. She gave you a way to do that. I want you to remember that God sees you and he's with you. And I want you to know that God's word speaks to you. So I wanted yes. to try to give two scriptures for people who are listening. These are not the only scriptures, but this is a powerful start for you. Just want to share these so that you can meditate and start allowing God to be a part of your fight um, against anything that's come against you. So Psalms 25 and 16, again, that's Psalms. 25 and 16 it says turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me for i am desolate and afflicted so that is you talking to god that's psalms 25 and 16 the other one that is a go-to for me and i give it out a lot i know some people listening to this are gonna be like lee gave me that scripture it's second corinthians 10 and 5 it says casting down nations and every high thing that it exalted itself against the knowledge of god bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ is 10 and 5. You cannot go wrong with that scripture. Somebody gave me that years ago when I was struggling with a blasphemous spirit. I had right, and every time I did, I hear cursing in my head and all kind of stuff, which will be qualified with some of y'all listening as, as a mental, mental illness. But when I tell you that the blood of God, the blood of Jesus, and this passage of scripture right here broke that thing off of my life and I haven't suffered since. So I do want to share that from experience. Again, a transparent moment. The other thing I want to move to is I want to ask Cricket first, and I want to go to uh, Tracy last, and she's our professional on the call. Um, Cricket, what advice would you give to a listener that's struggling with any mental health issues? What would you say to them um, to end this conversation tonight? Um, definitely pretty much what you've already um, touched on. I would advise you to get help, to really um, seek some kind of professional help and also to uh, draw into a relationship and closeness with God, whether it's you praying, um, you reading your Bible, because ultimately in the end, the only one who can truly deliver us from that is God. Absolutely. So I will advise you to go before him. You don't have to, you know, have a whole bunch of words and you don't have to have this, um, great speech but just give him your heart and just talk to him like you will talk to you know a friend and you'll be surprised um how quickly he answers you because more times than not god is literally sitting there waiting and beckoning for us to come and talk to him anyway so Absolutely. i would advise you to 
get help, seek the face of God, know again that you are not alone. There is somebody somewhere around this world that is dealing with exactly what you're dealing with, maybe even times 10. Right. Uh, so that that would be, you know, that would be my advice. And just know, don't be shame, ashamed. Right. I don't care what it is that you're dealing with. I don't care what kind of thoughts it is that, you know, you're having. If you're thinking about killing everybody in your house, like, don't be ashamed of your thoughts. The blood of Jesus. Like, because there is somebody um, and there that can help you and there is a solution to it. There Absolutely. is a reasoning behind it. So seek help. I would definitely say seek help and pray. Thank you, Cricket, for that. Um, so Tracy, this, I want to ask you the same question I asked, uh, Cricket, what advice would you give to the listener struggling with mental health issues? Right after that, I want to ask you, can you pray for the listener who may be battling, um, this conversation tonight? So, uh, Tracy, definitely do that for me and you can do it in your own way. After that though, I'll do the closing to the podcast and I'll give those help numbers out again. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Tracy, started with what advice would you give the listener struggling with mental health issues? Well, my advice starts off with this one word, and it's one word that I share with each and every client, even my colleagues, even to myself sometimes, and the word is hope. Hope stands mm-hmm. for hold on, pain ends. Mm. So my advice is hold on, That's pain good. ends. Um, know that there are collaterals. Collaterals are those things that are assets to you. You have those people out there that care about you. You have those people out there that are depending on you. You have those people out there that are willing to pray for you. You have those people that are willing to intercede for you. For the believer, do not be afraid of therapy. Don't be afraid of therapy. Because one of the things that therapy doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. One of the things that Amen. God does is that he will lead you through therapy to increase your spiritual life. Amen. A lot of people, when they have entered into therapy, they have seen Jesus. themselves grow spiritually. So don't, for the believer, a lot of times you may think, well, if I, if I do therapy, that means I'm against God. Absolutely not. Amen. Understand, it can only increase you for the non-believer. Understand this, there is a way. That Jesus is the way. Jesus Amen. is the way. That, that even if you've never heard of it or if you've experienced church hurt, if you've experienced pain at the, at the hands of somebody that was uh, a, 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 a person that was saying that they were a spiritual leader, know that everybody is not alike. Everybody is not meant to hurt you. Amen. There are people that love you. There are people that love you. There are people that can love you through anything that you have gone through. And once again, I leave you with this. Understand then that just because we have broken crayons, they don't mean they can't color. That your mm-hmm. life is not over. This is temporary. Hear this Amen. in your spirit. This is temporary. Powerful. This is Amen. Temporary. You shall make it. You shall live and you shall not die. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I give you glory tonight, God. I honor you tonight on this podcast. God, I thank you, God, that you have put this thing together, God, for us to be able to speak words of encouragement. Yes, God. Lord, I speak, God, to that person that's inside of their own thoughts. Lord, I know that you are a deliverer. God, I call them from a dark place tonight, God. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. (laughs) 
Lord, I ask right now, God, that they be able to hear you like they've never been able to hear before. God, we pray tonight, God, that this person, hold on, God, hold on, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, because we know that help is on the way. Yes, Lord. God, we know that you are a deliverer, God, that you are a stabilizer, that you are a mind regulator. Yes, Lord, Lord. we know that there are some things that have happened, God. But Lord, we know, God, that we are looking that our future is going to be brighter. God, we thank you, God, for every person that you have assigned thank God, you, Jesus. to these people. God, we just ask, God, that they be on that path, God, so that they can meet that person. Yes, Lord. Lord, Lord. we just ask, God, that right now, God, that all those people that have been assigned, God, to give that word to sing that song, to preach that, that sermon. God, just to do what you have called them to do. God, yes, I speak to them right now that they shall be obedient. Yes, Lord, Lord, they Jesus. shall not question what you have ordained for them to do. Yes, God, Lord. I yes, declare Jesus. victory, God, over this season, God, and yes, I see Lord, that God. things are getting better, God. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, God, for your blood, God. I thank, thank you, you Jesus. God. Yes, Lord. Lord, that you've already paid the price, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, God. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the leader of this podcast. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray increase over her life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Lord, I pray increase, God, over her entire household, Lord. Let it yes, light Lord. up, God. Thank you, and Jesus. let it, God, follow you in the name of Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for these other women that on this line tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, that they shall have the desires of their heart. Thank you, God. I ask that you continue, God, to keep them grounded, God. Keep them humble, God, and keep them first in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, that even as we rest, God, Lord, our pillow shall be a pillow of peace. Lord, tonight we shall not toss, we shall not turn. Lord, we shall have rest tonight in our spirit, God. Lord, I thank you that we shall have joy in our spirit, God. We shall have peace, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, it is so, and so it shall be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Tracy, thank you so much for that powerful prayer. To anybody listening, I do want to go ahead and give out the National Helpline again. Tracy gave us the 800-662-HELP. The numerical value for that is 800-662-4357. If you are in Georgia, somewhere around the middle Georgia area, Atlanta area, and you want to be connected with someone who is in your area, um, let me know. I can send a message out to Ms. Batten. She'll get back with us with information that we can provide to you. In reference to that, um, I do want to say this. Um, we, we're going to call it the wrap, basically, for this segment. This has been a powerful conversation. I thank God yes. for leading us this, this way. I know that so many people are going to inspire. Tracy, I want to thank you for agreeing to come on to speak with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Um, thank you. With Bless your, you. With your, what, what you love, what you love and what you've been anointed for and also what you've been licensed and trained in. Expertise. And I, I believe that as a whole, we have definitely helped somebody. Yes. Um, so I'm going to call it a wrap tonight. I want to say um, that hopefully that something that we did, something that we said will lift you, will inspire you, will motivate you, will encourage you as we are all on fire to inspire. We want to say hold on because pain ends yes. and we'll see you soon. In the absence of Deja Edwards and Shalonda Taylor, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.